Welcome to another episode of Toast and Jam. I'm Alex. I'm Ryan. And I'm still Nathan. And today we're going to be talking about the Smashing Pumpkins or Smashing Pumpkins. The I have a story about that later. Pumpkins? We'll, the? Get, we'll get to that. Okay. We're gonna I, know, get to that. I know a little something about that. Before we do, uh, let's talk about Revision Brewery, which we've been talking about quite a lot lately. Revision's so good. Um, they have another triple IPA called Collective Gravity, which is ridiculously delicious. Ridiculously dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> That's the biggest yeah. thing. It's dangerous. But man, is it good. Again, Revision is a craft brewery out of Reno, Nevada. So if you're ever in the Nevada, Reno area, drink. Drink it Check all. Check them out. Drink it all up. But it's, take an Uber or a Lyft. It's good stuff. It's great stuff. Yes, it is. They have some amazing things there. So, Revision, big ups to you. Smashing Pumpkins, or The Smashing Pumpkins, are an American alternative rock band from Chicago, Illinois. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Formed Shytown. in 88 by frontman Billy Corgan and James Eha. The band included Darcy Retsky and Jimmy Chamberlain in its original incant. Incarnation. Incarnation. Yes. Incarnation. You're correct, my friend. Yes. Yes, yes. Billy Corgan, um, he's a strange dude. Very strange. He is an individual among individuals. He is a vampire. Mm. I'm just going to (laughs) say. He's just throw it out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. All cards on the table (laughs) right now. He is Nosferatu, for sure. With the breakthrough of alternative rock into the American mainstream due to the popularity of grunge bands such as Nirvana. You guys heard of this Nirvana? Nirvana? No. I think it's Nirvana, but oh, I'm, I'm not oh, 100% hmm. sure. Yeah, see. No. I'll, I'll just say Nirvana. Nirvana okay. and Pearl Jam. The Smashing Pumpkins were poised for major commercial success at this time. The Smashing Pumpkins were routinely lumped in with the grunge movement with Corgan protesting. We've graduated now. From the next Jane's Addiction to the next Nirvana, now we're the next Pearl Jam. What? That's what he always oh, said. I think you know. I think so many bands have been unfairly compared to Pearl Jam. So many bands have been the next Pearl Jam. I think we just said it. STP at one point was saying we did. We did talk about that earlier, and I'm like, no, they're not alike. They're both good. The Pumpkins are good. Pearl Jam's good, but they're different bands, man. Like, stop making that comparison. I guess it's inevitable, right? Like when there's a proliferation of any kind of particular like pop act or, you know, I mean, even now, like even with like the, I'm sorry, I'm guilty of it now when I hear a new pop singer, I'm like, is that, uh, I think that's Miley Cyrus. Is that Miley Cyrus or (laughs) Taylor Swift? Oh, no, wait, that's Demi Lovato. No, it's not. It's Rihanna. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's Rihanna. You're all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I do do the same thing. I mean, I get, I guess, I guess it's kind of, it kind of happens when, because, I mean, that's. If you're not, like, directly into them and, like, wow, and really about them, it kind of just wish washes all together. They all just kind of lump together, right? Yeah. It just seems that way. Although I do love Rihanna. And I know when there's a Rihanna yeah. song on. Yeah, like you I, shouldn't have lumped Rihanna. Yeah, that. You sorry, you screwed <laughs> up. Sorry, there, sorry Brian. You, you don't put Rihanna in that in that same category. I Thumbs know Rihanna down. when I hear Rihanna. Um, Bitch, Bella, Ella, 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 Ella. But it's it is uh, it, it yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. it it shows that this goes all the way back to then, all the way back to the '90s, that people would just kind of lump these bands in, you know, with the same genre. He said, oh, wait, they're loud. They scream a lot. <laughs> they're grunge. They're, and they're, grunge. All, they're all Nirvana. They're all Pearl Jam. And they're, they're all either SAP. They're either too grunge or not grunge enough. Yeah, exactly. The band relocated to Marietta, Georgia in late 92 to begin work on their second album, 
with Butch Vig returning as producer. So um, their first album was Gish, I believe, right? It was Gish. Gish. Yes. So their second album is the one they're working on now. This is, is Science Gish Dream. or G- Gish? Gish. Gish. I think it's Gish. <laughs> I'm pretty it sure gish? it's... What's well, with no, the G? No, I not. figured it's it was gish. gish. It's yeah, a gif. I kind of figured. It's just like the whole gif, jif yeah. debacle. It's That's where I tried gif. to go. Yeah. I can't stand when people call it a jif. I like it. Oh, really? So you you oh, say gif. gif. I say gif. You're a gifer? I'm a gifer. Jif's peanut butter. I, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm going to say jif. Really? Yeah, I just like to be contrary, so I'm just going to say jif. <laughs> you but mentioned... So, so gish is actually jish. Jish. I'm going to say jish from now on. We'll do that. <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned producer Butch Vig. Do you know who that is? Yeah, man, that's the drummer for uh, Garbage. Garbage. Yes, and he actually produced Nirvana's Nevermind. Which no, I didn't hear about that, but I heard that he produced um, a record for Nirvana. Nirvana. Oh yeah, he did Nirvana. I don't too. know about that other thing you just mentioned, but <laughs> Nirvana. I mean, come on, Nirvana. The decision to record so far away from their hometown was motivated partly by the band's desire to avoid friends and distractions during the recording, but largely as a desperate attempt to cut Chamberlain off from his known drug connections. Unfortunately, Jimmy Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer, for as awesome as he is, had a terrible drug habit, and he's been fired from the band multiple times. Ma- major problems. Major problems. And he's he's an amazing drummer. The guy is incredible. He's up there with Billy Martin. You're hired, you're fired. You're hired, you're fired. The recording environment for Siamese Dream was quickly marred by discord within the band, as was the case with Gish. Gish? Gish. Gorgon. 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 Oh, my gosh. See, see you're psyching Billy yourself out. Gorgon. Corgan and Vig decided that Corgan should play nearly all of the guitar and bass parts on the album. Contributing to to an air of resentment. Now I've heard this before, wow. that they have like one member of the band just record everything because the whole control freak thing. Yeah, or, the whole. I mean, I had heard that that was um, that was the same with Homeboy from Nirvana. I mean, that's what you were talking about mm. the other day. Just recording your you doing the bass. Oh my god! And the guitar. <laughs> why Ryan Ryan wasn't here? Every, every episode now. Every episode. I love it. <laughs> So see, every show has a shtick. This is ours. <laughs> you don't need no. We don't need no Who stinking bass, bass player. player. Just go out like local H. Don't even have a. Bass I heard player. he did the whole podcast by himself, where he did he just, all of our voices. He just changes voices. Yeah. I mean, he's a vocalist. He can do that. Exactly. I can do that. I can do it. I can sound like anyone. You guys heard my Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> it Morgan was like he was. Freeman. It was like he was in the room. He, it was he incredible. Was. You're gonna you're gonna pull off that 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 Jamie Foxx from Ray where you just sing all the parts. <laughs> I'm singing all the girl parts and everything. So the contemporary music press began to portray Corgan as a tyrant. Corgan's depression, meanwhile, had deepened to the point where he contemplated suicide, and he compensated by practically living in the studio playing music. Meanwhile, Chamberlain quickly managed to find new connection and was often absent without any contact for days at a time, which. Gee, wonder their, what he was doing. This is their second album. Like this is, they're not even really big time at this point. You know, they're getting there. Yeah, they're getting not, there. Not quite. In all, it took over four months to complete the record with the budget exceeding two thousand or no two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Damn, that's a lot of money. Even for that's all then. going to the studio and the studio time. Yeah, I guarantee you that that the album their breakout success was Siamese Dream. They probably saw no money off of that because they probably had to repay the studio mm. all of that money, you know, over and over again. 
Despite all the problems in its recording, Siamese Dream debuted at number 10 on the Billboard 200, sold over 4 million copies in the U.S. alone. So, I mean... That's pretty impressive. I mean, it paid off. It paid off all the time in the studio, but... I bet you they didn't know it at the time that it was going to get there given all the problems. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, to be honest with you, I read a I read a interview with Billy Corgan maybe now like 7 or 8 years ago. It was in a Rolling Stone magazine. And to hear the disdain that all those original members like have for each other and had for each other, it's it's almost disheartening to hear that cuz yeah, it sucks cuz you hear it and it's like, man, that that's a bummer. I love this were band. They were so good. They were so good together. Yeah. They rocked out on stage. They were such a good, cohesive musical entity. And to think that, you know, behind all those doors, they hated each other. You know, that that's almost, it's almost it's weird. Dis- yeah, it's yeah. almost weird. It's almost weird to think, and it's almost weird and disheartening, you know, to yeah. think that that's the way that that played out. Especially with a band that was that big, that influential. I yeah, mean, they were huge. If, if I'm not fast forwarding too much here, because they, they are doing the reunion thing. They are now. They are now they are all now. originals, except for one, except for Darcy. except for Darcy. So we'll get the to bass that. player. Oh, okay. So let's talk about you the don't song. need the bass player. But anyways, <laughs> so let's go ahead and go on. See, I just I completely walked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the song um, that we're going to play today, Cherub Rock. It's the first single from their second album, Siamese Dream, released in 1993. And it's the opening track. It was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance, which I'd have to admit, because that's that song is probably one of the best opening tracks to an album that you could probably have. You know, it's, it's musically fantastic. I it's think. fantastic. And to I, come I out the so. gate with that song, that's the first song on your album. Imagine you get that cassette because in this days, mm. in these days it was cassette. You had to yes. start with the first song. You start with the like, first song and you're like, your hair's just blown off your face. Exactly. <laughs> right. You crank that up yeah, and you hear that and you're like, whoa, that's track one. This, this song, <laughs> How, this, how's yeah. the rest of this album going to go? This song will smack you right in the face because yeah. in, in most cases you got that that song was either number two, three, or four. Yeah. Usually two or three from what I remember. And unfortunately, you watch the video and you see Billy Corgan's face. Yeah. And Ooh. that did. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my God. Is you know, that... I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> Good thing they didn't have HD back then, you know. <laughs> oh, he is a vampire. According to various interviews with lead singer Billy Corgan, or Gorgon, as I heard one podcast. Gorgon. I heard that on a podcast somewhere. Yeah, some guy called him Gorgon. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I like it. Geniuses those guys are. They are. This song's lyric is an ironic attack on the indie credibility in Chicago's music scene that had him frustrated. The old complaint about bands going to major labels becoming sellouts in Rolling Stone, Corgan said, I won't play someone else's game anymore. This album was really a strong affirmation to myself. F you, I don't care. I'm going to do this. The funny part about it is that it's working, which says to me, I should have trusted myself all along. So he came into this album with that mindset. Mm-hmm. F you, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm playing the music I want to play. I'm going to rock it as loud as I want. I'm going to sound as terrible as I want. I'm going to sing as terrible as I, as I want. I'm going to look as much as a vampire as I want to look like. And you guys can't do anything about it. And it guess worked. what? It worked. It worked because this was the song that really catapulted them. Um, well, this is the album at least. Um, Cherub Rock definitely helped. But this album also had Today, 
which everyone knows today. Today's good. Today is the greatest. That's everyone knows that song. Good. That is a good song. The song has Disarm. Disarm's which amazing. Is an amazing yes. song. Sing the, that the, one. The, the, lyrics, the lyrics to that are just <laughs> I bust a mean karaoke on Disarm where I, I just You organize it. I organize it to no yeah. end. I, I just bust out the corgan. Ooh, what's a you corganize it? I full corgan it. Oh, and you're singing full corgan. Full corgan. You know what? Maybe we should it. do a podcast about disarm, and I will full corgan that. You full corgan. corgan it. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Powerful yeah. lyrics in that one. Bam. Yeah, it's a great song too. It it's is. an amazing song. The Siamese Dream album contains 13 tracks and runs over an hour. Their previous album, Jish. I think we all agree. Jish. Agree Jish. Jish <laughs> was ten songs with a running time of about forty-five minutes. Since CDs were now the format of choice and could hold more music, the band was pushed by Virgin Records to fill more of it, which put pressure on the band and affected their workflow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. They're like, hey, CDs now have more time, work harder, yeah. make more. <laughs> more. Give me more. Give us some hidden tracks. A record company would never do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> According to Billy Corgan, this pressure to produce kept him from refining this song. Speaking with Cream Magazine, he said, I wrote Cherub Rock in, an, in a half an hour. I heard it one day while I was driving up the road, and it was one of the last songs I wrote before we did the album. The thing is, there are parts of me that wonder what would have happened if I'd spent four hours writing it and not done something else. How much better a song would it have been? Which is crazy because to mm. me, I love the rawness of this song. It's one of the things I love the most about it. Yes. It's just a raw, simple rock song. It just and it doesn't stop. When I when I was listening to it, it just sounds like a jam session just starting to go. Just yeah, just, just uh, yeah. You know, and you're like, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? This is rocking. I think And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. Like I, it. I think given his perfectionism, I think had he spent the four hours on the song, he'd probably go, Man, what if I spent six on it? It could have been even better. He's maybe yeah. thinking too much about it because if he wrote this in a half hour, that's a half hour well spent. And if it's a half, I think it was great. And if it's in half an hour, and if he really didn't have, or that's the thing, he must have had some faith in it. He must have liked it if they put it at number one in their track. You know, like the number. It was the, the, it was the first single. It's too. the first single. It was the first single they released. It's the first track on yep. the album. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's just being one of those guys where it's like, oh, I know I wrote a great song, <laughs> but I wrote it in a half an hour. You know, <laughs> maybe he's being one of those guys. <laughs> Yeah. I did. I did also read that it was one of the last songs he wrote for it, but it was it was first on the album, put out first. I guess that was just through his old frustration, like we were talking about, possibly with the rock sing. But whatever it was, it worked. Maybe he just didn't want to give it enough time. Maybe he was just like, mm, I need to go suck some blood. <laughs> Maybe he was just yeah, he, he was, was thirsty. He was thirsty. And he that was, was the like, vampire. I gotta write this song. It was almost sun up. He was like, I gotta write a song. Okay, let's bang this thing out. <laughs> it's almost sun up. I got a half hour. <laughs> now, in in his mind, do you think he was like, Wow, everyone's gonna end up loving this? Or they're like, you know what, just throw it first on the album and then when people get to the, you know, the the third, fourth song, the real awesome ones that we made or did he just know this was a good song? See, that's what I think. Like, I think that he probably he probably knew it was a good song. Like, and, and you know, he may say something like this. He may go back after the fact and say, "Oh, if I would have spent more time on it." But when you're a musician and you're in the moment, you feel it in the moment. Like, and you feel like, "Oh my gosh, this is the song. Like, this is how it needs to go. This is how it needs to play." Right? Like, that's how you do it. 
it's it's not until you come back later you hear it again maybe the next day and you're like oh man i should have done this or oh i could have done this trust me i just spent i just spent the last week and a half i I ran through my entire catalog like the true narcissist that i am (laughs) i ran through the entire catalog from when i was like 16 to when i was like 24 all my recorded music nice and even my last recordings i was like man i should have done this i should have done this oh totally but in the moment in the moment you're like oh this is the shit that's it like bam yeah. Couldn't have done it any better. You so know? that's kind of a natural reaction. It sounds maybe. like on his part. Then maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, in the moment, that's the song he wrote, and that's the song he recorded. Pressure or not, that's what he recorded. That's what he put down. Well, maybe that was the best version of it because when you're in the moment, aren't you feeling it the most that's, sometimes? And that that is the best version because given what this song was about, and it was all about his emotions and his feelings about what was going on, maybe it was best that it was only a half hour. Maybe that was the best version of what we could have mm-hmm. got. Mm-hmm. So this band has had nothing but but crazy issues. They've had a death in the band. Um, they had numerous lineup changes. Uh, Jimmy Chamberlain has left the band over and over again. They actually had a concert where a fan was crushed to death because they were that. moshing. Yeah. Do you remember that? I heard about yeah. that. And they had said, I remember Smashing Pumpkins were out there at the forefront telling everyone, stop moshing, relax, everybody calm down. And they to didn't. no avail, a fan, a female fan got crushed to death. Yeah. I heard Corgan crazy. Uh, got all her blood, though. So oh, yeah. He was, jumped right off yeah. the stage and was <laughs> licking the ground. And <laughs> said, well, you know, here we go. That they is, blamed it on the so crowd smashing, yeah. but yeah. you know, Corgan takes one each concert. Yeah, he, he just <laughs> throws the body in there. It's like, oh, look what happened. <laughs> oh, Billy All the Corgan. concerts are in the dark. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> I'm telling you. Allegedly. I don't really know that. He's he's a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Every, I don't you, think his skin's ever seen sun. You just need to watch the music video for Ava Adore and you will see mm. he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> he is a true vampire. Yeah, he's just... Creeping yeah. around with the blah, bald head, blah, blah. super white yeah. face, just wearing the black long like. Yeah. He almost looks like John uh, John uh, Skeleton Ske- uh, Skeletor. No Skeleton Jack Skeleton Jack Skeleton Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington. Oh yeah, okay, I get that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> On February fifteenth, twenty eighteen, the band officially announced that founding members James Eha and Jimmy Chamberlain were back in the band. They will embark on the shiny and oh-so-bright tour starting in July with the focus on performing material from their first five studio albums. Original bassist Darcy Retsky claimed that she had been offered a contract to rejoin the band, but Corgan rescinded the offer soon after. What? He did. Corgan, she took too long. Corgan Sorry. released a statement denying the claim, stating that Miss Retsky has repeatedly been invited out to play with the group, participate in demo sessions or at the very least meet face to face and in each and every instance she always deferred so it's a classic case of he He said said, she said said. and what do you think's right like do you think it's him do you think it's her i I don't i don't i I heard a little bit about this he was on uh billy was on uh, howard stern not too long ago and i i caught i wish i could have caught more of it but i uh one of, that was one of the things he brought up, and he talked exactly about that because he was asked directly about, "Hey, Darcy's out there bad mouthing you," and then and then he said, he said something to the effect of, "Yeah, of of the five hundred libelous things she's now said against me, one of them was that I never invited her back." He goes, "I did," and then one of the concerns that Billy said he brought up to her was that he was like, "Look, Darcy, you haven't been on stage in nineteen years. Like, if you do this, are you up for this?" 
And I thought, okay, you know, if he's telling you, that's a legit question. You know, that's a long time to be out of it. I mean, again, it is, after all, he said, she said, who knows? I looked into it. If if you look online, you can actually find a couple websites out there where it has the supposed text, um, not transaction, but the back and forth, thank you, between the two Hmm. of them that she supposedly released, which kind of goes with her story, but again. Kind of goes with her story. You could. You can make that stuff up. It's like, who knows? That's yeah. True. I mean, you can falsify almost anything these days, so it's so hard to know, but. That's true. Has she gained weight? <laughs> 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 uh, Maybe she's player. just afraid because Billy Corgan prefers the blood of young, you know, of, of white, you know, bass players. You know? I don't know. <laughs> Milky white right. bass players. Blah. Blah. I mean, she's probably not even alive anymore. He's probably pulling this whole thing so people think she's still alive oh my god he killed her years <laughs> yeah. ago conspiracy theory here we again, go again number three here we go see we solved the stone temple murders and now we're uh now, now we're, we're on, delving into oh, this oh, now oh, we're on to oh, this has <laughs> has anyone really even seen darcy right? that's that what i'm years? wondering hmm. man hmm. where's darcy it's like where's waldo he but different her. But di- but completely different. <laughs> it's the same, Weed. but it's different. Weed. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, Billy Corgan, the last remaining vampire. Uh, we love him for everything he is. To be honest with you, he's pretty. I you know I've been I love I've been I've been thinking about this. Now I have a question, Alex. As 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 a vocalist. Okay, so we've talked about organizing things and when we do that podcast if you don't already know what that means you will know what that means he has a distinct and i said it that way on purpose a distinct style of singing of singing mm-hmm. like so someone now, that shouldn't have got a record deal yes <laughs> someone who should not be a lead singer <laughs> yeah right he has some very strange but yet very good inflections on certain words and so yeah. what i was thinking about today was do you think that he kind of did that on purpose as a way, like by design, like he Set crafted it that apart. way to be unique. Or are you of the opinion that when he sings, that's just kind of the way it works out? Okay, so I, I will say this. <clears throat> I have always thought, what is this guy doing singing? Like, why is yeah. he why is he a lead singer? Especially when he gets into his ballads, like of the screaming loud songs, like it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's the voice yeah okay i get it okay that works for that music but once he starts getting into ballads it it always grates my ears i'm like why is this guy singing and and um this is all i can say is that when he does the cover of fleetwood max landslide yes i prefer his version over the original i I do too i do too yeah he evokes some different type of emotion in me that I hear his voice sing that song. It almost means something different to me than the original. And yeah. it's horrible. And to be honest with you, that's, that is the song right there. Fleetwood Mac's landslide, his cover of, of landslide is the one that made me really go, Whoa, this dude, I need to make fun of this dude singing because of the way he sings. <laughs> That's the one that made me That's what it made me really hear it. But at the same time, it's got a certain genius to it because yeah. I do think that version is to me. It's more when I hear it, it is more emotional. There's something I feel about, it. I feel it more with, with there's Billy's something version. about that version is yeah. just incredible. I think it has something to do with all the the iron and the blood that he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's just reanimating his dead cells. Yeah. <laughs> it was recorded in a coffin. That's, that's how it happened. Can you see my reflection in the snow? Come here. Landslide brought it down. Man, Billy Corgan. We are Toast and Jam. You can check us out on Facebook at Toast and Jams. We've also got a podcast up here on iTunes. If you want to check us out there and on Podbean, leave us a review because that'll that'll help us out in some sort of way. Share it with a friend or two or three or four or five or six. Anyone from the 90s would be great. Yeah, or any vampires you know, check it out because, <laughs> I mean, they may really like this episode. We talk about vampires a lot. so yep. Yeah, they'll be very into it. It's yeah. a very dark episode. Smashing Pumpkins, Chera Brock, we love you guys. Let's and we toast, toast to you. And jam.
He's a strange dude. Very strange. He is an individual among know. individuals. He is a vampire. 